What's up, everyone? This is Hannah with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. I am a physical therapist here in Charleston, and I am the new host of this podcast. This podcast is meant to give you the correct health and fitness information, along with spreading awareness of all of the different health and fitness professionals here in Charleston. I love being able to use this podcast as a way to meet all of those around me that are trying to make the world a better place. And my mission as a PT is to educate people and to empower them to take ownership and control of their health. This is season three of the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. You. Thanks so much for listening to the show. This podcast is sponsored by Made to Move Physical Therapy, and we believe that movement is medicine. If you have been dealing with pain that's preventing you from doing what you love, and if you're looking for a healthcare provider to help you meet your goals, then go to madetomovept.com slash contact us. That two is the number two. Fill out the form and reference the Healthy Charleston podcast. Listeners get 10% off their first session. Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. This is your host, Hannah Briel, and on today's episode, I talked with Tiffany, licensed acupuncturist and yoga teacher and owner of Breathe Easy Wellness, located on James Island. Tiffany tells us her story, what brought her to yoga, and what brought her to acupuncture, which was actually her dog. We talk all about acupuncture, how it affects the nervous system, and some strategies that Tiffany herself uses to help her manage her stress. Tiffany prioritizes treating the whole person and is committed to helping people live a more balanced, a more active, and a more fulfilling life. Tiffany has a couple events coming up, one being a yoga retreat, yoga acupuncture retreat that's actually already sold out, and then the other being a yoga acupuncture workshop at Community Yoga in March. You can find details to sign up in the show notes. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. On today's episode, I am chatting with Tiffany from Breathe Easy Wellness. Welcome, Tiffany. Hey. I'm excited to get to know more about you and definitely acupuncture and everything it is that you do. Can you tell me first, can you tell me a little bit more about Breathe Easy Wellness? Yeah, sure. So I came up with the name Breathe Easy Wellness a long time ago when I first started um, teaching yoga. Just coming up with, uh, with names of it. And where it really comes from is like when you're not in pain, when you're feeling good, like the breath is easy. And a lot of the times people come to me because the breath is not easy. Like they're in pain, whether it's emotionally or physically or whatever, there's something there and that changes the way that we naturally breathe. So breathe easy just kind of stemmed from, you know, the experience that I really wanted to cultivate for the people who were coming to see me, whether on the yoga mat and then later down the road uh, in the acupuncture treatment room. So you do both yoga and acupuncture? Yes. Yeah. So I teach yoga pretty much just privately now uh, with workshops here and there. And then uh, my main main gig is the, the acupuncture. And then sometimes I'll do a little bit of a blended acupuncture and yoga, especially for my pain folks to give them 
you know, some yoga exercises or poses to do outside of the treatment room to kind of keep what we've done in the treatment room going till the next time I get to see them. And then how, how did you start all of this? Like, how did you get into this world? Yeah, so I grew up being an athlete. I had a scholarship to actually play lacrosse in college. And about two weeks before I was supposed to go, I decided that I didn't want to play lacrosse anymore. I didn't want to spend my year-round life, you know, practicing and on a field and stuff like that. I really just wanted to focus on school and, like, get into my life. So after I gave that up, I started to go to yoga with my mom. And it kicked my butt. I thought it was like, oh, okay, fine. I'm an athlete. Like, I'm going to go to this yoga class, whatever, mom. (laughs) I was like more sore than anything. And then um, fast forward to maybe a year, um, a year left to college. I decided, you know what? I miss like being with people in movement. Uh, I always kind of felt like a leader. And like the spirituality side of the yoga practice really just like, kept me in it so and just the movement of like body and breath like just really did it for me so I was like I want to teach this like I don't want a desk job at the time I was going to school for finance so I have a degree in finance as my undergrad (laughs) yeah so you know yeah it's great now um but uh yeah so I kind of started down this yoga journey road and then the more I learned during my yoga teacher training the more I got interested in kind of this subtle energy body stuff, which comes later with the acupuncture. But uh, at that same time, my mom and I were taking our family dog to acupuncture because she had really bad uh, hip dysplasia. Your dog? Yeah. So my first experience was acupuncture was because of my dog. And uh, she was pretty much to the point that she couldn't walk anymore on her own. And it was, I, I can like remember this too like the all the images it's like my friend and I were playing catch outside after one of her treatments and she got up and ran after the ball and I looked at my mom and I looked at my friend and I looked at my mom and I again looked at my friend and I'm like did that just happen and granted it didn't last because she was so atrophied but I, just the possibility that she could even do that again once after acupuncture I was like what is this? So that's really what got me interested and started that whole process. So now do you do acupuncture for dogs? I wish. So I went to acupuncture school in hopes to do that. Um, I'm originally from Maryland and in Maryland is one of the only states that you can be just an acupuncturist and treat animals. Um, However, the school that I went to had stopped offering the post-graduation certificate so I never never got an opportunity to learn it so I was like shoot I was like shoot I guess I need to treat people now Uh, (laughs) but um it actually it actually ended up really cool um because of my little knowledge of acupuncture going into school it just like opened up this whole new world And then my last trimester, I took a a class on pain management that dove into like sports and orthopedic acupuncture. And then I was like, oh, like I understand athletes. I understand movement um, because of doing yoga for, um, gosh, seven years at that point. Um, So everything kind of 
unrevealed itself or whatever you want to say uh, in a way that was really great. So just my, my dogs get some acupuncture, <laughs> but, yeah. but that's about it. Yeah. So you were playing lacrosse, you were about to go on scholarship and play for four more years. And then you were like, nah, don't want to do yeah. it. Yeah. And then never looked back. No. And then your mom went to yoga. So you mm -hmm. started going to yoga. Mm -hmm. And then at, at what point were you like, oh, I want to pursue this as a career and like as a passion? Yeah. So even though I was a finance major and loved numbers, I knew I always want to work for myself. And I knew that I wanted to like just run my own business, have my own schedule. And I knew that I didn't want like a typical nine to five desk job. Mm -hmm. um, I knew I wanted to like my dad owns a business and I was able to see through his hard work, like when you can vacation and you make your own schedule and all these things. So I really wanted that for myself too. And the fact that, you know, you can make a living doing something that you're passionate about on your own, regardless of if people want to do it with you or not, was kind of intriguing to me. So I was pretty much just like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. So you kind of like yeah. grew up around entrepreneur mm -hmm. seeing that and you're like oh this is an option for me yeah and then acupuncture for your dog and then yeah. okay like what was the path to then you being like oh i'm gonna go to acupuncture school now yeah so i finished my 200 hour of yoga uh, my yoga certification and then i started my 500 hour portion of it. And that was all tied into yoga therapy, like, you know, how to be one on one with a person, you know, how to really meet their needs and be a more personalized yoga practice versus um, like a group style thing, being like mindful of trauma and things like that as well. So the more I started learning that the more it started talking about like, how trauma can get stored in your body and how there's these energy systems and then there's chakras and you know all these things that seem really out there but if you look at them scientifically they're actually real things like chakras aren't these like funky weird whatever they're actually nerve energy bundles in the body so it, it isn't as weird as it sometimes can be led to believe but anyway so i started learning about all this stuff and i just like I get these little voices in my head. I promise I'm not crazy, but it's just like, <laughs> right. And I just like these little insights where it's like, you should go to acupuncture school. And at the time my ex was like, no, you have a great job, like working for your dad and you're teaching yoga. Like, why are you going to spend all this money to go to acupuncture school or whatever? And I'm like, oh, I kind of want to, but anyway, I let that go for a while. And then I started teaching, uh, I started a yoga program down in Baltimore and there was a woman coming to my class who I forget exactly what her position was at my school, but they were offering a yoga therapy program where you would get a master's degree in yoga therapy. So I started looking into that and the school was mainly an acupuncture school. It started as an acupuncture school and just, just grew into this, you know, multifaceted program. And I was like, you know, I, I don't like talking all that much <laughs> with yoga. You're talking pretty much most of the time instructing. Um, at the time I was teaching like 11 yoga classes a week. And as you and I have talked about, I'm an introvert, so that's a lot for me. 
So like acupuncture just kept popping up. And the more stuff that I was interested in my yoga program was kind of based in, you know, this other type of medicine, either Ayurvedic medicine or Chinese medicine or whatever. And that's where my attention was like, really like, oh, there's so much more. So I just went for it. You just signed up. Heck yeah. 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 When did you move to Charleston? Two weeks before the pandemic. Oh, wait, no way. Yeah. So we were here. Yeah, we were literally here for two weeks before everything shut down. Wow. I mean, like, and no one had any idea, obviously, that the world shut down. I didn't even know COVID was a thing. I don't know. I was so consumed with our move that I didn't even like COVID what? No, you know, just, Corona what? It was like February or March. And I just remember like we had a trip planned to Italy that May of all places. Mm. I mean, any place would have been bad at that point. But I remember being like, is, is COVID going to like get this trip canceled? And we were like, no way it'll be over by may and i just look back it's 2022 and like what a statement it'll be over and by may yeah it was almost laughable in the beginning because it's like oh we had like sars and whatever whatever that like never shut down the country or never was to this degree so i just thought it was like another one of those things that the news wanted to talk about and then it wasn't (laughs) and then here we are (laughs) Yeah. We are like two years later. Um, so yeah, I've just been here. Almost what's the date? Years. Yeah, almost two years and a couple more weeks. And what brought you here? The beach. Really? Yeah. So my wife and I were kind of at a point in our lives where it was, we've always kind of wanted to live by a beach. We wanted to, she's a nurse. I do this. So going on vacation all the time, like we used to, is, you know, relatively difficult because it's so we wanted to be somewhere that we could kind of vacation in the middle of the week and just like go to the beach and recharge and not have to wait every couple months to do it um at the time uh, my sister-in-law just had a baby we're both very family oriented so if we didn't leave sooner than later we just would have been sucked into that world and kind of where we were living outside of baltimore it's very like fast paced and just go, go, go. And we want it somewhere where we could be outside more, be by the water, have a more active, positive lifestyle than just like work all the time. Yeah. So we had a couple that we knew that lived here. And then I had one friend that I grew up with that lived here. Uh, that's all we knew. <laughs> and that was it. And that was it. It's interesting to hear that like you yeah like a lot of people move here for the beach but you also moved here like for a more positive healthier lifestyle yeah think of the south and when you think of like historically charleston a few years ago like that's not what you associate this area with right yeah for us it was more of just the the weather opportunity and being by the water because like when we were in maryland like in the middle of the week, we didn't really have the ocean, but we would go paddleboarding and we'd just go sit out on the water and things like that. So the water for us is just both for both of us, it's just really healing and a good reset. Um, so that we just wanted to be by that. Yeah, no, I, I grew up, I've always been like near, you know, on the Gulf or here, but then like in the middle of my life, I've moved to Tennessee and it was yeah. beautiful, like we're in the mountains, but then it's like 
six to eight hours to get to the beach and like there were lakes and things like that but there's just something about the water yeah yeah. There's a, I have a book that is on my list to read that kind of describes why the water draws people in so much. Oh, you haven't read it yet? No, I have, I, I have like six books on my oh, list that wow. I just go, it's never ending. I add like three, cause I'm reading a book right now that asks yeah. a lot of other people, their book recommendations. And so right. every day I have to add like three book recommendations to my list. Yeah. My book list is insane. <laughs> yeah. It's never ending, but I love it. I mean, it's, yeah. I love reading and um, especially like all these great books. It's just like, Oh man, I gotta quit my job and start. Yeah. Reading. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I'm a slow reader too. So that doesn't help me. <laughs> really? Yeah. You're yeah. just like over and over and over again. Reading yeah. Yeah. So now like what does a day in life look like working for yourself and doing yeah. what you do? Yeah. So it depends on the day. Um, so most of the time um, I see anywhere from five to nine patients a day. Uh, depending upon my day, Tuesdays are usually a longer day for me. Uh, within that, I also uh, teach one-on-one private yoga, either online or in person, uh, a few times a week. And then, um, I don't think you know this uh, yet, but I'm also the yoga coordinator for the Warrior Surf Foundation down here on Folly Beach. Wow. So I do some coordination work for them and uh, teach yoga for them. Um, every week I got a meeting for them and then, uh, yeah, admin stuff for myself and sticking, you know, all my notes in and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I usually try to work, um, five to six hours a day cause I don't like my puppies being home alone all too long. How many puppies? Uh, I have two huskies oh and just for everyone on the podcast, they're fine in the South. They're not too hot. Their <laughs> coats are double insulated, so it helps them regulate their temperatures in the hot and the cold. Very good. Um, so, yeah, I was like, someone's gonna be like, oh my god, this person with huskies. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I work. I try to work about uh, five to six clients a day, being off on Wednesdays and Sundays. I try to. I'm not great at that. Yeah. Sundays, I can definitely say no. Wednesdays, I sometimes squeeze some people in. Um, but I try to give myself at least two days that I'm not treating so I can either read or recoup or learn something new um, that I can implement in the treatment room. Yeah, I I like that you mentioned that because I find myself like wondering, okay, I'm like, I have to work eight hours. And I'm like, where did mm -hmm. it come from? Or like, it has to be Monday, Friday, eight hours, and I have to be doing something quote unquote productive, like I have to be producing, but like- yeah reading or like reading research or learning like it's so valuable but i have such a hard time like um letting myself do it and like letting yeah. it count as quote unquote work yeah yeah it's just having a conversation with a client yesterday and it's like funny you think being your own boss and your own business owner you'd work smarter and not necessarily harder or like more hours i probably work more on my own than ever because a I love what I do b I want to help people and c it's just you know people keep showing up <laughs> so so it, it's, it's amazing 
but it's like so funny. It's so much easier to like clock out if somebody was telling me, oh, here are your hours. But when I get to make my own, I actually work way more than, so I need to work on my boundaries, I guess. But um, it fills me up. I, lo- I love it. So it's hard to, it's hard to find that balance in saying no. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think everybody struggles with that. It's like you said, especially business owners. I think it, yeah. there comes a point, especially like in the beginning where like you feel all the pressure it's, and you feel like you have to do things like you have to be different. You have to like just change a lot of things. And I'm like, at what point do you become like the relaxed entrepreneur that like you see on tv you know that like <laughs> yeah the influencers day, like travels a bunch i'm like when do I, when does that happen when is the flip switch yeah oh like yeah yeah i'm trying to figure that out too because i almost work twice as hard when i travel because it's like i gotta see people before and after so like yeah. scheduling a day off before and after a trip has been like paramount because it's like you you know I need time for me to to be a better person for my clients coming in exactly like to recharge and to be the best version of yourself so you can help them in the best way but I think we yeah forget that we just think like go 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 Um, yeah I'm always interested in like where we got our like societal work expectations yeah. Like who came up with eight hours Monday to Friday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you rest on Saturday and Sunday and then you go back to it. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. Yeah. yeah but it's not even resting because you have to do laundry and you have to cook your food if you meal plan and you have to run exactly. errands. And we're like, we, I'm a big proponent of a four hour or a four hour, a four day work week. I think that everybody that should be a. <laughs> Yeah, that's a book. I've read that. I haven't been able to implement that quite yet. <laughs> I have not read that. I'm almost like scared to read it, you know? Mm. Like I don't, I'm not ready for the information it's going to give me yet. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more. What does it look like to be a patient with you? So I spend about an hour and a half with a person the first time I see them. And we talk about everything. So if you're coming in for pain, Um, I might do some range of motion. I might do some muscle testing to kind of better understand where and why that pain is there. If it specifically, if it's like from an injury, you know, say someone, you know, we're doing kipping pull-ups at a CrossFit gym and they're like, Oh, I hurt my shoulder. I come in. I might look more at range of motion and muscle testing for that. Um, But I'm also going to be asking questions like, about their life, about their stress, similar to what you guys kind of describe with your made to move stuff. It's like, I want to kind of get the whole picture of a person because whether I'm treating emotional stuff or pain stuff, you know, or just like digestion, like all of the pieces play a part in whatever problem. It's just the way that the body is deciding to let it show up. So again, I spent about an hour and a half with my patient or a client when they come in and about a half an hour to 45 minutes of that is just chatting. Um, and then they'll get their first treatment as well, based on kind of what we've summed up from our conversation. And then I kind of build a treatment plan off of that and kind of let them know how long do I think it's going to take for something to be better 
or like what they can pay attention to outside of the treatment room to help me keep helping them in here. So we have those conversations too. We might talk about like lifestyle changes, diet changes, things like that as well. Yeah, it's very involved. Like yeah. looking at the whole person is like always the harder thing to do. Yeah. I mean, like you and I've talked about before, sometimes I have, I like, I treat a lot of veterans and some of them come in here with like pretty bad back pain that, you know, their muscles are not balanced. So it's creating the pain. Some of them are coming in here though with back pain because they've been stuck in fear for X number of years and their body is so caught in this braced position that that's creating the pain. Um, in uh, traditional five element acupuncture, uh, back pain is associated with the water element and the channels or the meridians for that element that run through the body go right through the back hmm. or right through the front, like through the psoas area and all. So it's, it ties all the pieces together. So I can't just look at their muscles. I have to look at the big picture. Yeah. Because if I just treat, you know, their QL, their glute medius, you know, glute max, whatever, they might get better. Uh, but for a lot of times, maybe I need to address that fear situation. Oh, for sure. And that sympathetic, like, overload of, like, fight or flight. Yeah, especially, like, to get them the long-term results, like, the long-term relief that they are looking for. Like, yeah, we always joke around, like, if someone – if someone were to come in here and like, we wouldn't address them by their name, we would just be like, Hey, shoulder, how you doing? Like, Hey, yeah. hey back. Cause it's yeah. like so, so often people just are so focused on the area that that person is currently experiencing pain. Like I love what you just said. It's just the way the body is letting it show up. Like there's all of these, it's just the tip of the iceberg to all of these possibilities. And if yeah. you only look at this one specific aspect of this super complex human, like you're doing them a disservice. Yeah. And I mean, in the, in the conversation of back pain, you know, you guys have seen the research on this just because you have like a bulging disc or a herniation or whatever, doesn't mean that you have pain. Yeah. I've had people who have multiple of those that have no pain. Definitely. And then some people have one, maybe, and they're in excruciating pain. So it's like you have to have those deeper conversations to see where it's coming from. And you have to look at lifestyle and stress and diet because all those things feed into inflammation on any level, whether it's the body level, emotional level, or what. Um, so yeah, it's always a deeper conversation. And then to change people's minds too when they come in and they're so set on their back pain is from XYZ because the doctor said so and just like giving them their power back. Like you're not, you're not necessarily stuck mm. in this just because the doctor said so. Yeah. It's frustrating when you hear like hopefully a well-intentioned diagnosis, but then it's almost like that person is like you said, they're stuck. They're all, they're like, okay, well this is, this is my anatomy or this is the way that I'm made. So I'm always going to have pain. I'm always going to have trouble with this. And they all, they just accept it. Mm -hmm. and it's, it's like, you didn't have this, you know, last year and you still had this going on or like trying to show them that there, there was a time where they weren't experiencing this because it's so yeah. hard when you're, when you're in it, like when you're deep in it to see the light, like to see hope. 
Well, I had a, I had a client when I was in acupuncture school and she, I think she had had a disc herniation and she was only in her late twenties, maybe early thirties at the time that I was treating her. She had like herniated her back, you know, a couple years before. And the doctor had said, Hey, you know, you're going to do this again, probably when you're this age. I was seeing her when she was, say she was 28. I was seeing her when she was 28. And she had so much fear around it. And then it happened. But like, does it happen because we willed, willed that into existence? Or did it happen because like, it actually was going to happen. So sometimes I, I feel for these people because they just have it set in their mind that it's going to happen. And then that creates uh, different physiology in the body, which then creates the pain. Yes. Any thought that you have has a physiological response in the body. So it's just like that has always stuck to me. Like, would that have happened to her if she didn't have it planted in her head at, you know, age 28, this is going to happen again. What is, so he told her that you're going to mm-hmm. have a disc again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it was like to the age. So again, it's like, do these thought these thoughts, like in this physiology that we're creating in our body uh, really does make some changes. Oh yeah. I'm, I always love like reading the research of like our perception actually changes physiology. It changes how we respond to it. Like it's just, it's so interesting to me and it's so like powerful, but could be used for good or evil, you know? Yeah. And like you start to notice all of the thoughts and the things that you're telling yourself. And as soon as you start, as soon as you label yourself and you identify with, I have a discrimination or I have this, or I have that, like then your behaviors start to change to match that identity. So like movement starts to change. Like what was she not doing? Yeah. Because she was in all this fear because she had this label. And and so a lot of times it's like, like you said, like changing people's mind, like breaking breaking down barriers for people. Yeah. Which is probably not what they expect. Mm-mm. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times people come in here, uh, men especially, and they're in tears within like 20 minutes. And they're like, gosh, I've never told anyone that ever. I don't know where that came from. Like, that's and, great. Yeah. These yeah, it's are, good. Oh, people just like need someone to, to talk to. And I think that's the power. I don't know if it's necessarily the needles I put in or the yoga poses that I teach. I think it's just the time and space that people get to talk. And I'm not a therapist. I do not, you know, break down any of that therapy. Like I'm just, you know, listening to the intake and just holding space for people to actually have more than five minutes to discuss, you know, what's bothering them, what makes it better, what makes it worse. And then, you know, how can we work together? to, you know, get you out of pain or like get you out of digestion, discomfort, or like poop better, like whatever. Whatever you call it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Acupuncture is great for pooping. Like it's worse. Very good to know. Really good to know. No, I love it. What, I know it depends, you know, inherently on the person, but like, what are some of your treatment styles? Like what does treatment look like? Yeah. So I have, um, kind of two lenses. Well, that's not true. I have about three lenses or four lenses that I kind of look through. I'm like, <laughs> well, that's a little different. That's a little different. But I have a couple of different lenses that I look through when I'm working with someone. 
Uh, the one lens is what I was traditionally trained in, which is called five element acupuncture. And just as kind of a basis, uh, kind of a quick sum up of what that means is that we have these five elements that are based in nature. Uh, we have, you know, spring, summer, late summer, fall, and winter. And then those elements correlate with wood, fire, earth, metal, water. And within these elements, we have correspondences or things that like relate to each other. So for instance, like spring's coming up. So the wood element has to do on one level about growth and planning and decision-making. On a physical level, it might have to do with your tendons or your fascia. Um, the emotion of that element that people primarily feel when like it's out of balance would be like frustration or anger, um, not being able to get done what they want to get done. So you can kind of look at the five elements as like a personality type, if you will, because like each person is this mixture of the elements. So like I'm more of like a metal element type of person or like, you know, someone else is something else and they kind of make up who you are. And then you might be prone to certain strengths and certain weaknesses based on those correspondences. So that's one lens that I look at. And then another lens is channel theory. So we have these meridians that run through the body. Um, they're not really mystical. Uh, so one of the theories is that these channels follow the fascial lines or the fascial planes. Sometimes these theories say that the acupuncture points connect through the nervous system, through nerves. So that's another lens that I look through. And then we have like traditional Chinese medicine or patterns where we're looking at kind of more for me, it's more of a Western lens where it's like, okay, these are the symptoms you have. This would be the pattern. This is how I would treat it. Um, and then the last one would be the sports and orthopedic side of acupuncture, where I'm looking more at the muscle testing, the range of motion, what muscles are balanced, what muscles are not balanced and might be creating pain, what muscle might be strained or torn or whatever. Uh, kind of thing. So again, depending upon what someone's coming in for, I'm using these four-ish different lenses to come up with a comprehensive treatment plan and treat that person appropriately. What does it look like to, like, let's say, I've, I mean, I haven't, let's say I've never had acupuncture done before. Yep. So like, obviously we're going to do the evaluation, the assessment, and then like, what is the actual act of acupuncture like? It's like, obviously people just think you're laying in, in a room and you have all these. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so no. <laughs> um, yeah. I always laugh when acupuncture is on TV and it's like a hundred needles to the people. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the other thing is every acupuncturist is different. Um, I'm a less is more kind of girl. I want to use as few needles as possible to get the best results because I want a really cool clear message to your nervous system and to your body like this is what we're doing mm. um I'm also like some acupuncturists think that you need to like feel every point as the client I try to make you not feel them as much as possible like I try to be super gentle um when I was in clinic I had a lot of people that were terrified of acupuncture so I became a really gentle practitioner it still works. <laughs> I have plenty of success. You don't have to feel every point. 
Um, so it should, it can be relatively painless, uh, if not painless. Um, so what will happen is after our chat, I'll get someone on the table. I'll listen to their pulses. Uh, we have pulses on each wrist that kind of tells me how the meridians are working together or how the elements are working together. Uh, I'll also may look at people's tongues. People's tongues tell me more about their organ systems. What? Yeah. <laughs> look at my tongue right now and like tell me things. Oh gosh, it might be hard, but maybe. <laughs> Can we do this right now, like on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> but like, if there's actually bad things, like let me know. What do you want me okay. to do? Like, how do you want me to do this? Just, just let it hang out. <laughs> so it's a little difficult to tell the coloring, but it looks slightly pale. So if you were having like aches and pains, that would mean blood deficiency, which would mean like you need a steak or some good leafy greens. I am so sore right now. Yeah. What? So there you go. Tongue diagnosis. Tongue diagnosis over the over Zoom. Amazing. Yeah. I did that for a while during COVID. I was doing telehealth stuff and that's I would actually have people take pictures of their tongue. My phone was full of it. Oh, so <laughs> and like, like oh, that's a tongue, that's another tongue, another tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So um yeah, look at people's tongues, depending upon what they're, if they're just coming in, because again, like they hurt their shoulder kipping, then their tongue really isn't going to tell me too much to that I <laughs> need. Um, what can, and, like, what other things can you know about someone? I'm like very stuck on this tongue thing. Like, what other things do you see? Yeah, so one thing that people might see, um, so if you have, um, some people have some pretty deep teeth marks on the side of their tongue. Sometimes that will show like digestion isn't 100% because the body isn't uh, digesting the foods appropriately or the fluids appropriately so it can swell the tongue a little bit. So then you'll have teeth marks. Um, Some people uh, might have a, have you ever seen like a peeled like tongue coating or no tongue coat and a really red tongue can show that there's like heat. So sometimes I'll see if like people are waking up in the middle of the night, like multiple times, they might show more of that tongue presentation where it looks a little bit more dry, doesn't really have a coating. Um, Some people after like breakups or divorces might have, or or, like been having some heart stuff going on, might have a red tip to their tongue because of like the heat of the heart letting, letting go of things. Dang. So, Yeah. I'm going to start looking at people's tongues more. Yeah. So yellow, like yellow coating shows like a little bit more heat in the body. White shows a little bit more cold in the body. Mm. Sometimes medicines will change the coloring of the tongue. (laughs) Wow. The more you know. Yeah. (laughs) So after you look at someone's tongue. Yeah. So after I listen to pulses and look at someone's tongue, um, I'll decide either like what treatment plan we're going with. So if I'm doing more of a traditional acupuncture treatment, I'll pick points based on, you know, what I feel like shows up elementally to help bring balance to the elements. Uh, And then if I'm doing more of a sports or orthopedic approach, I'll treat. So again, say someone, you know, hurt themselves skipping, I do the muscle tests and it's showing that they're infraspinatus you know, our external rotator is affected. Then I will treat the infraspinatus, usually with stimulation or electric stimulation, to help 
heal the muscle and reset the muscle. So sometimes through the muscle testing, I'll find that the muscle is locked short or tight and is creating the pain. And then the muscle stimulation with the electricity will help release that back to a more regular length. Sometimes a lot of times with like neck pain, like the levator scapula or the trapezius will be locked long because of like forward head positioning. So I'll treat that to help strengthen it back up and reset it. So then that can help decrease the pain. So I'm kind of looking at both. If a muscle tests inhibit it, like they just can't. So say for infraspinatus, um, they're going to flip their arm. I'm going to press against their hand. If they just can't give me any strength, I know that it's weak. If they can press, but there's pain, then most likely there's either trigger points or tightness that's creating that pain. So then I'm just treat based on that. Yeah. So how many, this is a weird question. How many needles? It's like the most needles you've ever put in someone at one time. The most needles I've ever put in someone is when I was doing, I had a little bout of uh, cosmetic acupuncture where it's like a ton of needles in the face and then they get a body treatment too. So that's probably the most that I've ever done. What's cosmetic acupuncture? Yeah. So cosmetic acupuncture is um, needles in the face to help with wrinkles and collagen production and elastin. Um, So basically just like acupuncture in the body, we're creating these little micro traumas by sticking needles in the face to bring blood flow and fluid and hydration to the face to help build collagen, um, help kind of iron out the wrinkles in a way. So So that's the most needles. You don't need Botox is what you're telling me. No, exactly. You can just get cosmetic acupuncture. All right, I'll call you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've uh, taken that off off my repertoire, but uh, maybe maybe I'll do it just for you since you showed me your time. Wow. (laughs) It's only fair. (laughs) So, yeah, I'd love to dive into now, like, more about acupuncture, like, the background of it, the science of it, like, like you said, like what's going on, like how you do it. Just, I think it's so like we were talking about before, kind of one of those things that people are like, Oh, I see it in movies. Like I hear about it, but it's not really real. It's not really a thing. Yeah. Kind of take the woo woo out and really like tell people what is it? What is it used for? Yeah. So, I mean, in the most simplistic uh, description, I would say is we're helping affect the nervous system. We're putting pins into the body. A lot of the times these channels run along nerves that will send signals to the brain or through the nerves that will create change in the body. Um, Some of these points help open up the fascia. That's why it can be really good for range of motion. Um, And yeah, it's just, it's working on the nervous system. When we're doing acupuncture, we're also releasing endorphins and things of that nature that help with pain relief too and just make the body feel good. Like sometimes people get off the table and they're like, gosh, I just felt like I had a massage kind of thing. But that's because of the endorphin release that's happening by, you know, putting these pins into the body. And really the goal is to move blood flow, move circulation, move oxygen, because we're bringing attention into the different areas based on point selection. So it is creating physiological changes 
um, and each of the meridians lead to different things. So um, like the meridians pass through the organs. So that's why I can treat a point on your wrist to help you breathe better kind of thing. So yeah, nerves, endorphins, blood flow. So tell me more about meridians because this was something like I hear, I've heard about it in yoga classes, but yeah, don't really know much about. Yeah. So with acupuncture, we have 12 meridians that run through the body and then we have two other ones, but we have 12 primary ones and they start at the fingers of the toes uh, or, or go through the fingers and the toes and they line through the body. And one theory is that meridians are kind of along the fascial planes. Other theories are they're along, along particular nerves. So anyway, I'm just a big, I'm just a plumber. <laughs> I'm finding where things are stuck <laughs> and helping unstuck them. Um, some, one time meridians were described to me as kind of like a subway uh, line or a train station line where the acupuncture points are the stops along the way. And then the main, you know, like your grand central stations are like your really big acupuncture points that are used to affect a lot of different things. Okay. So yeah, the meridians just line the body. One theory is that they line along the fascial planes and then each of them kind of go through the organ systems. So that's how you get the organs within each of the elements and the meridians with each of the elements. Can you tell me more about chakras? Chakras. Yeah. So in yoga, you hear you get seven chakras or seven main ones. And then you have all these other little ones too. But from a scientific standpoint, they're just nerve bundles where things, where the nerve bundles collect. They're also related to the glands. And it's been a long time since I've read which gland is which chakra. But yeah, it's all related to nerve bundles in the area. So when, like in yoga classes, when you talk about chakras, like what do we, like do you treat chakras? Like what do we need to do? They can be. They can be. Um, so everything has a vibration. We have a vibration. Our chakras have a vibration. The plant in my room has a vibration. Stones have vibrations. Everything has this something to it. And you can treat chakras if something's closed. You can use like a particular, so say heart chakra's closed. The color associated that with that is usually green, but you could also use like a rose quartz stone. So you could use any green stones and just place it on that chakra because that stone has a particular vibration that resonates with the vibration that you're trying to get here if it isn't open when you say closed what do you mean so let's do the throat the throat's a really easy one so throat chakra has a lot to do with speaking our truth so if you have someone that really can't stand up for themselves or can't really like speak their mind uh throat chakra might be closed uh or they just need you know need a little bit of help like being able to speak speak their truth really. So that might be an indication that throat chakra is closed. So what someone might do is, you know, lay down, come into some mindfulness, put a blue <laughs> stone on their throat and just be mindful of 
opening that space and then notice if they can maybe speak their truth a little bit easier. What are all the chakras? So the reason I'm asking uh, is Yeah. Have you been to Ethos? Uh-uh. So there's a sauna and right yeah. next to the sauna, there's this little thing and it's like, there's a light in the sauna that you can switch um, based on which chakra. Oh, cool. You're always yes. like looking at it. Like, what do we want to do? Yeah, so the color colors have certain vibrations too. So everything is really quite healing or can be quite healing. Um, so you have your root chakra at the base that has a lot to do with like security um, and having enough. And then you move up to the second one that has a lot to do with, uh, gosh, it got me on the spot now. It's been so long since I've talked about chakras. Uh, you got your lower one, your second one that can do with some digestion stuff, um, but also kind of, um, gosh, I forget this one. Maybe mine's closed and that's why oh I can't gosh, remember it. Closed. Do you want me to look it up? Let's you can see. look up the second one. The third one's your solar plexus though and has a lot to do with self-esteem. Uh, your fourth one's your heart, which, you know, love, being able to love yourself, uh, being able to open your heart. The next one's your throat, which we already talked about. And then we have the third eye, which is right between the eyebrows. It has a little bit more to do with intellect uh, and that mindfulness piece. And then the seventh one that's kind of floating up here. This is the only one that I don't know about the whole nerve bundle thing, but mm -hmm. it helps kind of with that spirituality aspect. What's so the second um, one? I'm blanking. Uh, sacral. Sacral, yeah. Does it have to do with relationships? Creative and sexual energies. Yes, there you go. There we are. That, one, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess mine's closed. I need to be more creative or I'm <laughs> using it too much. <laughs> <laughs> You're too creative and too sexual. I'm too creative. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stop. That's funny. What are some of the like myths you hear or like things people say like inaccurately about acupuncture? Um, so this will be a, this will be a fun conversation. I love when people say dry needling acupuncture. It is. Yeah. Um, we just have always described like in acupuncture and even acupuncturists fight the whole dry needling thing, but it's like, it is acupuncture. We have been cl classically trained that it's called Ashi points. So it's points that are like, ah, that's it. That's like how Ashi's points are described, but they're oh, just trigger great. points. Yeah. So we put needles in those all the time. Um, yeah. So that's one of the biggest myths that people are like, oh, I don't want to do acupuncture. I get dry needling. And I'm like, it's, yeah, it's the same, but different for me. My mindset is that dry needling is a technique in which I can use as an acupuncturist, but not the only thing. Yeah. Kind of thing. So it's like, it's a technique. It's a use just like you would use like myofascial release or something like that. So that's a big one that I always think is fun. Um, another one is like, oh, it's going to hurt. No, not really. People come in terrified. Uh, with some acupuncturists, it might hurt. I've, I've had a few who have needled me, uh, and I don't like it very much. But with me, I'm, I'm fairly gentle. You might feel it a little bit. Um, but traditionally, it's, it doesn't need to hurt um, for it to work. Um, it's like, it's all this, just this energetic thing, you know, it's this woo woo thing. Not true. It 
works with the nerves. It works with the fascia. It works with, you know, endorphins and hormone release. Like it's, it's actually doing something. Um, it's not just this made up thing that's like all placebo. Um, what else? Those are like the main ones. Those are the main questions that I get. Yeah. Um, yeah. With it not hurting, like how far do you put the needle in? Depends on where it goes. Okay. Um, so if I'm doing more of a sports orthopedic approach and I need a needle someone's glute and they got a big old booty, yeah, I'm using a three inch needle. <laughs> you know yeah. yeah i'm using a three inch needle um you know glute medius on the side i'm also using a three inch needle and i'm probably going almost to the bone mm-hmm. with that to get to the glute man underneath um so it all depends you know points in the wrist or points in the thoracic or around the lungs they're not going very deep i don't want to puncture a lung i don't want to pu- puncture arteries Um, so it, it all really depends. So I am anywhere usually between a inch to three inch needle or actually a half an inch to a three inch needle. And then I got my big guns for my really big booty. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the big, and I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I think what's like portrayed as acupuncture again, like someone laying on the table and they have like a million needles in them but they're like barely in (laughs) yeah uh it all depends on where they are uh some of the points are like just a couple millimeters in and that's when i would use like a half inch needle or you know an inch needle and just have it in enough that it kind of stays where it's supposed to be yeah um so yeah again it all kind of depends on what we're treating while we're treating it what part of the body that it's on um yeah if we're if we're hooking stem to it um yeah what are some of the like complaints that you've been or like symptoms that you've been hearing from people recently like especially with covid pandemic like this season of life yeah what are people struggling with right now anxiety back when uh back last summer like after covid had kind of been here for a couple months people's anxiety just went through the roof and people who never even had anxiety in the first place started having anxiety um because we have this like underlying threat that kind of keeps us on our toes all the time because we never know what's going on Mm. Uh, and we never know when it's going away so in general people have been a little bit more on edge and a little bit more anxious and more bracing in a way so that's been a big thing and then um Sleep has been another big one that people have been coming in for. But again, I think it's more because that rise of the sympathetic nervous system, because we're always like ready to fight something that we can't really mobilize and fight through. Um, So sleep's been a big one. Um, I get a lot of shoulders, uh, like infraspinatus stuff like we were talking about earlier. I get a lot of that for my CrossFitters, just because of the imbalance that a lot of us have with more of that forward posturing um that they just kind of pull things out of whack a little bit because the chest ends up kind of upper cross syndrome stuff 
I get a lot of that. Um, but yeah, with the pandemic, it's been a lot of mood stuff, a lot of anxiety, a lot of sleep issues. Yeah. Irritability. Like acupuncture can kind of help relax people's nervous system. So it really helps with mood too. Like people don't first. Oh, that's another myth. People think that you have to have something wrong with you to come get acupuncture. You can just like come to stay balanced and come like you would go like just to have a relaxing massage. You can come get acupuncture for that too. Just to make sure everything's staying balanced and staying in tune. So you don't get sick or you don't get hurt. Uh, kind of thing you know like people think yeah the whole issue of like people think you need a reason to relax yeah you need something to relax from or like you need to emphasize your self-care because you've been sick or you've been hurt like well what if you've been doing these things the entire time yeah would you get sick would you get hurt there's so many folks that I treat for pain and then their pain goes away but they keep showing up you know, maybe once a month, maybe every two months just to stay chill. Yeah. Because they felt so good. They want to keep feeling good. Um, so that's a, that's a big myth too, is that like something needs to be wrong. No, you can just, you can come as a preventative medicine. Acupuncture is awesome. Preventative medicine. It's the same. Like people think you need to have something wrong with you quotes to go to therapy. Yeah, exactly. I would also say, like, as a human, there's always something wrong. Like, we're humans. Like, we're just right. Um, I think a lot of the times the reason that we, like, feel the way that we feel is because, like, we don't do these things that will help us feel more centered and more relaxed and more balanced. Yeah, and I think, I think people are starting to shift. And that's one thing that I've noticed in my treatment room as well is that people are coming in wanting to do those things now Mm. that's been, and I I didn't know if it was a Charleston thing or like a James Island thing, or if it's like a collective thing. And I think it's more of a collective thing that people are like, you know what, maybe I should take care of my health now. You know what, maybe I should manage my stress Mm. or take an hour for myself once a week or once a month or whatever. Um, but that has definitely been a conversation that's been popping up that wasn't really, I don't want to say wasn't relevant before, but wasn't, um, as popular. It definitely wasn't, it wasn't as, it wasn't as talked about, like it wasn't as trendy almost like, yeah, there's almost like this rebound effect from COVID and the pandemic. That's like pushing people to work out, pushing people to take care of themselves. Um, like pushing people to realize, especially with like the work from home change, like realize the toxicity of their job or like the corporate environment of how they want to change things. It's just, it's been a huge perspective shift. Yeah. I think it's allowed people to slow down too, especially when everything was pretty much closed and people were at home. It gave folks time. I know it did for myself to reevaluate how I was living and how I want it to live moving forward. Cause it's like when you get to take a break from something that you've been in for so long and then it's like completely shifted and it's okay to not be here and there and everywhere at once. Yeah. And now you get to make a choice whether to do something or not do something because you've gotten out of the, you know, the wheel of just doing all the time. Like I think yeah. that was a, a positive um, 
from everything that's happened. And it's kind of neat to see how the conversations are changing. Yeah, it was like a really unintentional break. Like no one was going to take a break. And then all of a sudden, the world took a break. And I noticed, even with myself, just threw a pen across the room, I noticed (laughs) that I started saying no to a lot of things because it was like no no was accepted now. Because whether it was like, you know, very COVID related or just like because it was accepted, I was like, no, actually, I don't want to do that. Like, I I don't want to go out. I don't want to come over. And all of a sudden it was okay. Mm -hmm. And also it kind of like, because you weren't really going anywhere, it was like, yes, like I get to stay home. Like I don't have to go Mm -hmm. and and do these things. And so it made you think like, oh, was I just doing these things before? Because I felt like I had to. (laughs) Yeah. My introverted self was very happy. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, I, I don't have to see a lot of people. Like, I was like, this is exactly how I <laughs> would choose to live if I didn't live in normal society where I get feel pulled. Um, but no, no it. I, I really like how it. You know, on an honest, honest note, like I really like the, how the conversations are shifting, and it's pretty cool to be a part of it because, like, a lot of these things I've been doing for. Gosh, I've been teaching yoga for twelve years now. Yeah. Uh, And kind of been in this like mindset even a little bit longer than that. So it's like everybody's kind of changing that conversation that I've been having with myself. And it's, it's really nice. It's really lovely. You're like, yep, I've been doing this over here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just excited to be on the journey with people because I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to say no, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm still trying to create boundaries for myself, you know, not just work all the time and, and things like that. So I'm in it with everybody too. Oh, yeah. um, but I like that this is a conversation now. Definitely. I think like to show people that like even, even people like us, like we help people with these things, but we still struggle with them too. Like the, like so many of my clients tell me that they feel guilty resting or they feel like they should always be being productive. And like in a session, I know that they shouldn't be feeling that way, but I'm like, I feel that way too. You know, like we all feel this way. It's not uncommon. Um, and it definitely, it, it sucks, but it also like, it's such a, it's such a real thing that like, like people aren't alone and, and feeling exactly and um like even like we feel it too all the time exactly and i think that's so powerful is when people realize that they're not alone they're not the only one feeling this way especially with the amount of anxiety and even depression that has popped up with the pandemic with people who again have maybe have never even experienced that in the first place and now because of this thing or being stuck at home or whatever it's really like cooling these this stuff up and out of people um yeah, it's really, again, really changing the conversation. And it's almost connecting people more in a way when they can talk about it and be like, oh, you're feeling that way? Me too. It's not just me. Like, you do this for a living and you feel this way too. Like, yeah. and, that's, and that's what I want people to know. Like, I'm a real person. Like, I go through the same stuff you are just because I'm in the health profession doesn't mean that I'm not working on myself too. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, we're not perfect for sure. Yeah. By any means. Yeah. Yeah. What are some things that you have found help you or help other people 
feel like less overwhelmed and help manage your stress? Yeah. So being alone uh, is big for me. Like uh, on Sundays, I try to just be me, my wife, my dogs, uh, if possible. Um, I, I try to let that and not like doing laundry, trying not to cook. We just finished a life challenge at our gym. So we've been cooking a little bit more on Sundays. But other than that, I try to have one day a week, usually Sundays, that is a nothing day. Maybe like beach is okay or staying at home is okay, but I'm not shopping or doing anything like that. Um, so that's one thing that really helps me. Going for walks really helps me, like taking a break in the middle of the day and taking the dogs for a walk. Uh, or before I start my day, mm. taking the dogs for a walk just to be quiet and move. And like if there's anything kind of feeling stuck, the walk kind of helps move it for me. Uh, going to bed early hey. <laughs> is helpful. Um, so try, language. Yeah, trying to go to bed early is helpful. Um, and then doing my self-care routine thing. Um, I love massage. Like massage is usually my go-to for self-care. So I try to get that done once a month. Uh, again, it's been like two, three months, so I'm not doing a very good job at that, but I'm working on it, right? But massage is a good thing for me. And then I try to stay in balance with nature. So like when it's winter time, I try to rest and recharge. When it's springtime, I'm going to try to like move forward and get stuff done. When it's summertime, I'm going to try to have some fun. Um, so these are all just like the energetics of the elements and the energetics of the season. You know, once fall comes back around, I'm going to start bringing my energy back down and getting back in tune with more introspection for when winter comes to start it all over again. Yeah. I think a lot of people, a lot of people hate when the time changes when it gets, uh -huh. and I'm like, I love it because it like, you kind of feel like fall and winter coming on mm -hmm. and you're like, things start to slow down. You start to go home earlier. You start to be quieter. Yeah. I almost, I crave it. But then by now I'm like, I'm ready. Like, let me out. Well, that's the energy of nature, like in you speaking. A lot of people around this time of year start getting cabin fever because they're like, I'm done resting and hibernating. I'm ready to like burst up like the flowers in the spring and go and yeah. like shine myself. And that's also why a lot of people uh, from like a Chinese medicine perspective, why a lot of people get sick in the winter. It's not necessarily all the time that there's like more germs or things like that. It's more that we're wearing ourselves down with like all the holidays and the parties and this and that we're living like it's summertime mm -hmm. when we should be resting and sleeping and like hibernating like nature and animals do. But we keep pushing ourselves between all the holidays and the new year and blah, 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 that like we beat ourselves down and then we get sick. Yeah. It's like this time of our a time of the year where everything's supposed to kind of like, get slow, get smaller. And we just, of course, we just fill it to the brim yeah. where the holidays yeah. are now stressful. Yeah. I know I definitely do that, but working on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We need to live in like Australia where it's like, actually, I think, I think it's summertime in the winter and yeah. like, I think it's opposite of us, but just go back. So we, <laughs> yeah. We just need to live there in the holiday season. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I could be completely I like wrong. My, I like my hibernation, for sure. 
where can our listeners find you and do you have any upcoming events or workshops? Yeah. So people can find me at my website, uh, breatheasywellness.com. Uh, I also have an Instagram breatheasywellness, which I should be doing a better job posting on and plan on doing that here in the future. Um, but people can find me there as well. And then I have a, my friend Katie and I host, uh, if you guys are interested in this kind of five element talk, living with nature kind of thing into yoga and want to try acupuncture also into acupuncture. Um, my friend Katie and I do a quarterly, um, yoga acupuncture workshop together at community yoga. We have one coming up, um, on March 6th. I believe at community yoga. So if anyone's interested in that, you can actually go to their website to sign up for it. You'll get about a 45 minute to yoga class and then you'll get to acupuncture treatment for like a nice extended Shavasana to kind of chill with some points and it's super, uh, super yummy. So, um, the whole thing is about an hour and a half. So about 45 minute class. And then the time it takes me to get the needles in, you pretty much have a 20 to 30 minute treatment and then pop the needles out. And then we kind of wake people back up and bring them back into this universe. Um, and that's exactly how I feel like waking up out of out of a Shavasana. I feel like I'm on another planet. And like when yeah. the doctor starts to talk, I'm like, what? Where am I? Where am I? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, so think of that. Yeah. So think of that and even better because then you'll have some acupuncture points and, and you know, doing endorphins and all that good stuff. I know. Um, sounds amazing. Oh, that's actually another really funny question I get sometimes. People ask me what I put in the needles. I'm like, what do you put in here? I feel so good. I'm like, hi and I'm like there's nothing and they're like there's nothing you don't put anything in there I'm like no they're like wait a minute I feel this good just because you put a needle in a point and I was like yep yep (laughs) so that's a that's a fun one that they were okay with not knowing what was in the needles right I'm like I've treated you how many times now and you're just asking this question but you know what? It's hey, all good. What are you injecting me with? And you're like, um, <laughs> yeah, nothing. But if I was like, and you're just not asking about it, they trust yeah. you. They, they definitely trust you. Yeah. I have gotten that question a couple times and it makes me laugh every time. It's like, you're just AccuStone. <laughs> yeah. A little AccuHigh going on. That's There's great. nothing in the needles. I promise. So um, breatheasywellness.com and then sign up yeah. for the workshop community web community yoga's website mm-hmm. on March 6th. Yep. Yeah. And we do, we do those workshops. We try to do them quarterly. And then we have a, we have a retreat um, also in March, but that's sold out already where we're taking um, participants to a beach house uh, down in Harbor Island and they'll get a full weekend of acupuncture and yoga and how to live with the season of spring and some journaling activities and some free time to like be in the ocean and kayak and all that fun stuff. So you can, guys can stay tuned for the next time we do that. Yeah. I was going to say, you're making it sound great, but it's already sold out. I know it's sold out. <laughs> dang, nobody can go now. That sounds awesome. Cool. Thank you so much, Tiffany. This is an awesome. Thank I'm you so much. Really excited to learn more about acupuncture and yoga. It's always something that I've been like been in my brain, but 
um, it's cool to be able to hear your side of it and to really like dig deep into it. So thank you. Thank you. Yes, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head on over to Instagram. Find us at Healthy Charleston. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you ever have any topics you want us to talk about or guests you want to bring on, feel free to DM us. Otherwise, thanks again.